Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, the Australian TV series set in the 1920s, and starring Essie Davis as the amateur sleuth with fab frocks, was so popular there's a spin-off set in the 1960s. Franny Fisher's niece Peregrine has inherited her aunt's fortune after growing up in a trailer park. She joins forces with other women who refuse to be held back by their gender to solve crimes. Little fish, now why aren't I surprised to see you? You have no right to keep him locked up. i got all the right in the world, sweetheart. I can hold him as long as I like. Tara! James, this is wrong. Until he's charged, we can't apply for bail. Or he won't be getting bail. He's got prior convictions. For what? Assault. Did you know that he had convictions? Playing Peregrine Fisher as actor and singer-songwriter Geraldine Hakewell, she says she was a fan of the original Miss Fisher mysteries and she's also fallen in love with the whole 1960s vibe. I do love the design. I love the aesthetic of that era. I think I really like, and I think this is partly what drew the creators of this series to setting it in the 1960s as well, is this, uh, especially in the early 60s, it felt like there was this optimism in the world and a kind of like open-eyed joy as well and that comes across I think in a lot of the design elements you know the furniture and the clothes and the architecture was so playful and you know so many curved lines and circles and um, really interesting fabrics and and fun wallpaper prints and it feels like a fun era to have been alive in getting to wear those clothes I feel like I can really embody that it's 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 hard not to have a good time when you're wearing clothes like that so even though I wasn't alive during that time it feels like it would have been really fun and you know speaking to my mum who was uh, a young girl in that time she loved that era of the 60s and loved the fashion and I think there was a yeah there was a real kind of sense of hope and optimism in the world well, it's fun, but I guess what, what I like about it also is that it's not afraid to tackle some pretty meaty issues. I mean, in one of the the, um, the episodes in the second series, you've got a young woman who is pregnant, out of wedlock, you know, this whole issue of unwanted pregnancies and, and what her options are. And Peregrine is trying to give her some advice. So I think that's important also to, to note that, you know, women's rights were still very much being debated and fought for in the 1960s and for you as you know as a, as a woman of now that's probably been an eye-opener it really has and I you know I know the history I knew the history but you know details like I didn't realize that if you were working in a government job as a woman and you got married you had to stop working and that blew my mind a little bit I'm sure there were other jobs as well where that was the case but I suppose I hadn't really processed that as a woman of now and I suppose now not having to make those decisions about career versus marriage for example um, or career versus love it is hard to sort of fathom that and I, I think I feel a deep respect for uh, women of that time who were having to wrestle with that and as I said it's really fun but you're right there there is a lot that this series tries to highlight and things that have changed for the better and things that perhaps haven't changed enough um 
you know, equal pay is one of those things. But the fact that Peregrine and Birdie and the Adventuresses, the fact that that world still today feels kind of exciting and I think it feels quite extraordinary to have this group of women who are all extraordinary in their own right and sort of fighting for their recognition and helping each other to be brilliant. That still feels far enough away from what we're living in that it's almost like a fantasy. And that's a shame in a way because I, I would have hoped that we'd come a bit further, but I still think we've got quite a long way to go. So it's that nice balance with a period drama where you're looking back into the past and you're there's definitely a lot of um, politics that we touch on through the different episodes and around the different murders. But there's, it, I think it still speaks today in a really profound way. I like the fact that Peregrine's backstory is so different to her aunt's story. So, you know, Franny comes from uh, wealth and Peregrine has come from really humble beginnings. She's acquired wealth through her aunt's estate. It's a steep learning curve for her you know she's moving from home she's suddenly got money she's trying to trying to establish herself she's trying to be taken seriously and that's hard for a young woman in the 1960s and she's a damn good detective she is damn good and I think what I love about playing her is she almost has this quality of being like an alien that's just been dropped into this place it's like the isolation of her upbringing and the the kind of oddness of it being the only daughter of a single mother and moving around quite a lot and growing up in a caravan park it's like she sort of missed a lot of the the cultural rules or something around what it is to be a woman at the time and I often think that Bryony was such an extraordinary character because she was purposefully living a life that was different and going against the grain of the times and she was doing it with a knowing of what was perhaps expected of her but Peregrine is almost completely oblivious of what is expected of her and I think she finds certain things that happen and and certain situations she finds herself in are ridiculous (laughs) because it's sort of not on her radar. It's like she's kind of come from another place. And I really love that about her, that quality of just believing that she is an equal and that she deserves to be a detective and be at the table and give her opinion. And, you know, if she knows something, she wants to say it. She doesn't care if she's a woman. (laughs) And she doesn't think about what she should or shouldn't say. I do really love that about her. But yes, there's there's obviously a lot of doors that get closed in her face because she is a woman. She doesn't look like a detective. She hasn't trained as a police officer. But she knows that this is something that she's good at and she is good at it. And uh, she fights to have her voice heard and to be part of the investigations. And, and James needs her you know the police need her because she sees things in a different way and she's able to access people in a different way. What's the enduring appeal do you think um dear of the murder mystery I mean I know that you were you know you love the original Miss Fisher series and I think you read the books too. The nature of the storytelling is that you as the audience or the reader get to become the detective as well so I think that's really appealing 
you get to try and solve it along with the detective. You know, you get the clues as the detective gets the clues and they often put it together before you do. You know, they often see the pattern and withhold that information from the audience before before the end. But I think that's really exciting and that's something I've always loved is actually feeling like you get to become the detective in the story. But I also think there's something about particularly in maybe difficult times, there's something quite comforting about these sorts of murder mysteries where something happens, somebody's murdered, there's a series of events and red herrings and clues that come about and then you know that there's always going to be a solution at the end. You know that this person is going to solve it and, you know, life is very rarely like that actually and there are lots of things that happen in life that are difficult and hard to explain and sometimes we never get a resolution so this I think there's something quite comforting for people about having that certainty that something bad will happen but there will be a solution and everything will be okay in the end so I think it's those two things and that's definitely why I find comfort in them and why I like them you know, in this series, for example, like we were speaking about earlier, the social politics that were happening at the time, particularly with our series and with the original Miss Fisher, we were looking at, I think every cloud who created them were really focusing on women's place in the world in these time periods and what it meant to be a woman. And so this second season is really looking particularly at women and marriage and relationships and what that sort of looks like in the 60s, what the different versions of that are, what the limitations of that are for women and and how women tried to break free of that in different ways. And um, unfortunately, in some of our episodes, that ends up with people being murdered. But, <laughs> but it kind of explores it in lots of different ways. So it's as much about the framework for the murder as it is actually solving the murder and what happens, the intricacies of the murder. Um, it's as much about the characters. In our series, I think it's as much about the relationships between our, our core cast members. What a fascinating contrast, the two series that you're featuring on at the moment. So the, the lovely Miss Fisher murder mysteries and also I was reading about Wakefield. It hasn't got to New Zealand quite yet, which is very contemporary and set in a psych ward drama. So I can just imagine the kind of stories being told <laughs> told there Uh, and you've had a few COVID issues I think filming Wakefield but I guess for an actress that's the joy isn't it to be able to do a a period murder mystery and then a really kind of gritty story of the moment. Absolutely that's exactly what you want to be doing to keep changing that well I do anyway I, I love that that change in every job that you do and yes they couldn't be more different in terms of the style and tone and what the stories are about um Wakefield is a very gritty kind of realistic but also quite surreal sort of drama there's uh there's music and dancing in it it goes into people's psychosis and fantasies so there is an element of almost magic realism or a heightened sort of element to Wakefield as well. 
it's always horrible when someone throws a quote back at you, but I, I did see a quote of yours that really um, struck me, and it said, from the actor's perspective, we're taught how to become different people, but you're not necessarily taught how to become comfortable within yourself. And you've spoken about having anxiety, extreme anxiety, um, Jerry. So for someone to be a, a performer, a singer, and an actor, you're really putting yourself in the, in the eye of the hurricane there. Does performance help you to analyze and to deal with anxiety I mean how have you coped with it it definitely has I mean I think what I said is true and I think a lot of people who maybe get anxious or are shy you know I think there are a lot of actors who are actually very shy and it's it's so much easier to dive into a character and be given the words to say when perhaps you don't feel entirely comfortable speaking you know like I've had to get good at doing interviews like this you're not really taught how to do it as an actor you're just sort of it's just kind of assumed that you'll be able to have a conversation with somebody or or multiple people yeah I'm I'm not an introvert like I do love talking to people but it is a skill that is very particular and so I think as a younger actor yeah I I know for myself I would get anxious about any kind of public thing that I had to do because it felt quite exposing and I didn't have the tools to know how to do that in a way that felt authentic because I also you know I like talking about feelings and I like kind of connecting with people on a personal level but that's not always appropriate in a kind of public interview setting but you you kind of have to find a way of being yourself but also sort of being a character of yourself I guess and I think you just get better at that the more that you do but it's just so much easier being an actor having somebody write amazing words for you and you get to do that I mean it's a really entirely different thing to sort of just being a confident person and I think that's often a a misunderstanding that people have about performers but and there are all sorts of performers too but I think particularly with actors you know they might be comfortable and confident being these characters but they might not necessarily be confident just being themselves having a conversation with someone or being in a really exposing or vulnerable public space and yeah I just find that contradiction actually really fascinating and you know, music is sort of a different thing altogether because if you're writing music, then um, I suppose you're exposing a part of yourself. But it's also, you also get to hide behind uh, the actual music, you know. So, um, and, I, and I do find, I find um, like authentic expression quite helpful with anxiety you know like I, I find being able to express myself through music or through a show playing a character that I love I find that quite cathartic and um that's definitely helped me find myself in a way um if that makes sense I I feel like the more I work the more I do the closer I get to feeling comfortable in who I am um and uh, and I think that the deeper you go in your work and the more you perhaps expose through your work, the, the more comfortable I, I feel. So, yeah, it, I mean, it's all a massive contradiction. There's lots of things that I do to, to help um, if I do get anxious. But 
Um, it's definitely something that's eased over time as I'm getting older and as I feel more comfortable in my life. I think everyone in their 20s is probably anxious to some degree. <laughs> I think it's hard not to be, especially these days and especially, you know, we live on social media in a way and um, I feel like that's a, quite a dangerous space to be because you are quite vulnerable and you're not entirely yourself um, and you're constantly comparing yourself to other people and I'm just so glad that I um, didn't have that when I was a teenager because I think yeah I, I can't imagine what it's like growing up with that now but um, you know I meditate I exercise I, I try and eat well and just spend as much time with actual live human beings as possible I find that really helpful um and as you say your music yeah. is an important part of it. it's lovely you've got a music career too like I'm I'm astonished that you can you can do you can do both <laughs> thank you I wouldn't say I, I don't know if I'd say it's a music career but it's definitely something that I've tried to do on the side and um you know I've managed to uh sneak my songs into a couple of films and tv shows and um and I've managed to sing on a couple of shows and and in a couple of plays and things so it's a big part of my life and it and it is um uh, yeah I just love I love it so much I love writing music I love singing and I love playing with other people too um and I grew up in a very musical family so I think that's just sort of part of my DNA.